Hello, and welcome to your next episode of Fixing Fitness with Kelly, the show that serves up real talk about fitness with a focus on why traditional fitspo just doesn't serve women in their 30s. Let's talk about what we can really do to get results that make all the effort worth it. Get more on the website at kellymarieroach.com, including exclusive access to my head-to-toe mobility routine when you download my free guide to the five worst exercise cues in the fitness industry. And tune into the Kelly M. Roach YouTube channel for weekly videos offering fresh perspectives on fixing fitness topics. If you go looking for them, there are plenty of female fitness influencers posting free workouts and what I eat in a day videos who are in their mid to late 30s. But most of them have been fitness influencers since before they were in their 30s, which makes them fundamentally unrelatable to women in the same age group who have spent that same time period stuck behind a desk working their 9 to 5s. When you're looking for fitness advice from someone in your demographic, these influencers are basically the same as their 20-something counterparts. People in their 20s don't have 10 to 15 years post-college of days spent behind a desk. And if you do you know that the body feels way different because of it. This is because of the muscular adaptations that come from all that time spent sitting. Women in their late 30s who made their careers in the fitness industry before they even hit the big 3-0 don't share the same experience, and as a result, most of them aren't talking about it. Channels for fitness over 40 are likewise unrelatable, but often for different reasons. For one thing, most of us in our mid to late 30s don't feel like we're 40 plus yet. And for another, many of those channels focus on hormone-related changes that many women in their 30s aren't experiencing yet. So there's this gap in the fitness industry that thousands and thousands of women in their 30s fall into where they aren't being served by influencers who overlook the realities of how their full-time jobs impact their bodies, and they aren't being served by more mature influencers who have a different set of problems that they focus on. So this podcast is for you, the women who fall into that gap before 40 when your workouts seem ineffective, diets don't work, and nothing you try is getting you into the kind of shape you feel like you should be reaching based on the amount of time and effort you've put in. So today, I want to introduce the three top reasons why your workouts might be ineffective. And no, I'm not going to talk about hormonal changes or anything along those lines. I am not a doctor or in any way a medical professional. And as much as it might go against popular opinion, the issue probably isn't that you need to be in more of a calorie deficit. In fact, I think this is rarely the case, and I will address that in another post, but that's going to be a topic for another day. These three things are far simpler than that. And I promise this isn't advice that you've likely come across before because, frankly, I just don't hear anyone talking to women in their late 30s about this. Number one is prioritizing form over function. So the first reason that your workouts aren't effective is that you are likely only imitating a movement, not getting the benefit of the movement. So your physical fitness is an instance where understanding the how and why actually do matter and make a difference. So let me explain this. Doing an exercise with correct form, air quotes, doesn't mean you're using the right muscles to complete the movement. It just means that you've maneuvered your body into a position or form that imitates what's being demonstrated. So for example, you can get into a forearm plank so that everything looks correct, but if your pelvis is tilted toward the ground and your neck and shoulders are screaming, 
chances are good that you aren't actually using your abdominal muscles, even though from the outside, your form looks correct. So what we need to focus on instead is which muscles we are recruiting to perform the function of an exercise. Continuing with the example of the forearm plank here, the primary muscles involved in the static hold are abdominal muscle groups and then your quads and glutes. So if those are engaged correctly, your pelvis should be neutral and your shoulders are mostly just stabilizing the upper body, not actually bearing the weight. So if you're struggling with poor cues from coaches, whether in person or online, visit kellymarieroach.com and download my freebie on the five worst exercise cues in the fitness industry and learn how you can fix them at home. Reason number two, disuse atrophy. The second thing we need to talk about and the reason it's so hard sometimes to recruit the right muscles to perform an exercise is muscle atrophy from disuse. Now, we typically think about atrophy in cases of long-term bed rest and severe injury, but if you've had a desk job for over a decade on top of a lifetime's education also behind a desk, your body has already experienced some muscular atrophy from disuse. Most commonly in office workers, the atrophy occurs in the posterior chain, so think your back, your glutes, your hamstrings, those kinds of locations on the body. Because when we sit on these muscles all day, they get used to not showing up to do much of anything. We're still walking around and we're able to perform most daily functional movements with or without pain, perhaps. But what's happening is that other muscle groups are tagging in when those primary movers are so used to not working that they can't be bothered even when asked. So the most common example of this is when people experience lower back pain from exercises that are actually meant to target the glutes. So when a primary mover, and that's going to be the muscle group that should be primarily responsible for driving a movement, when that primary mover isn't firing as much as it should, usually the muscle groups closest to it, above and below it, will tag in and make the movement happen. So when the glutes aren't responding like they should, this usually means that the hamstrings and the lower back will sort of tag team to get the job done. So if you've ever performed weighted hip thrusts or Romanian deadlifts or traditional back squats and felt your hamstrings or your lower back more than you felt your glutes, then you have already experienced this in real time. The lower back ends up bearing the load because the glutes aren't able to. And the most likely reason for this is some level of atrophy from the disuse that naturally comes with a desk job. So to resolve this, The most important thing to do is to stop doing exercises that you cannot perform using the appropriate muscles to drive the movement. So in the example of the back squat, if you keep squatting using your lower back, those workouts aren't effective. Your glutes aren't going to grow. All you're doing is continuing to tighten up those back muscles, causing more pain, and your glutes aren't going to learn how to take over the movement like they should. So the best thing to do is go back to the basics. Use body weight movements, spend significant time on establishing the mind-muscle connection that you need to get the right muscle groups firing. Otherwise, you can literally squat three times a week for a year and you still won't see any growth in your glutes. Number three, inspiration fatigue. The third reason that it may be that your workouts aren't effective is what I have come to call inspiration fatigue. So to understand what I mean by that, let's look backward for a second. So in your 20s, you were fresh from a system of having milestones set out for you and then being given a set of instructions to achieve those milestones. 
And as long as you played along, you were pretty much guaranteed results. And then depending on what you spent your 20s doing, your mindset probably didn't shift too much. Follow the given set of instructions to achieve a given result. And it probably worked out that way for at least a few years. But then you expanded into new territory, tried some new things where maybe you didn't have a clear set of instructions for what you wanted to achieve anymore. So you found someone on the internet who ostensibly had already achieved what you want for yourself, and you started following their blueprint. But there's a big problem with that. Back in school, you and all your classmates were on this sort of artificially leveled playing field where you were all given the same set of instructions and set out to achieve the same goal. But out in the world, the person who has already achieved your fitness dreams might be a woman 10 years younger than you who doesn't have 15 years behind a desk impinging upon what her body is capable of. So you can follow her instructions all day long and still never get to the same place that she has gotten. So this is where inspiration fatigue comes in. It's the idea that staying motivated to achieve something comes from seeing results commensurate with the level of effort that you've put in. If you're putting in tons of effort, the workouts aren't effective, and you're not getting the results that you think you should be getting, it's discouraging. And continuing to find inspiration becomes fatiguing. It's just one more drain on your already exhausting day-to-day life. And that will have an impact on your results as well. So the worst thing that people do to try and overcome these issues is to go harder. Lift heavier weights, complete more repetitions, on the theory that eventually the right muscles will have to activate or get involved so you can keep going. But this actually couldn't be further from the truth. All that's happening when you do this is you're continuing to strengthen the wrong muscles, allowing the primary movers to become weaker and weaker. And take it from me, because I do have some experience with this, the longer you let this go on, the harder it will become to correct. These are not the types of issues that the most popular fitness influencers will address for you. They put out loads and loads of workouts, and there's nothing wrong with the workouts themselves. It's just that if you aren't doing them correctly, you're really never going to see the results that you want. So I hope this episode helped you shift your perspective about why you aren't seeing the results you've been working for. Next week, I'll be back with discussion on the topic of goal setting, its inherent problems, and the number one thing you're doing that's sabotaging them before you even get started. So thanks so much for listening. Talk to you soon.